Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Continuing on in On the Shoulders of Titans today, we have read two-thirds of it up to chapter 18. First, before we start talking about the book this week, we'd like to talk about some Reddit comments. Got a lot of comments on the Climbers Court, our Climbers Court subreddit. First one from one of my favorite posters on this subreddit, Shadow Dragon Man. Uh, had a lot of good messages in his comment, and I'll let you check it out for yourself. The one that really stuck with me was the comparison between Mara and the Flash. As like, how come the Flash doesn't use a dagger or something like that? Great point, Shadow Dragon Man. Very on brand for this show. Uh, I'm sure all of the fans of The Flash will find no flaws in this logic. So why doesn't Absolutely. The Flash have a a little knife? Makes sense to me. Makes sense, makes sense to me. Another another one that Shadow Dragon Man brought up is we were asking for why, why we think Sarah is a spider. Um, she might have mentioned how she got her God Beast contract. Good little thing to ask. Mm-hmm. I'm more convinced than ever. Um, <laughs> Luke, you'll be even more convinced couple... after the episode today. Little teaser. Oh man, that's that's exciting. Uh, a couple other little comments. We got a, a, a several topics from Tord and EQ, um, convincing us that uh, Sheridan is not quite as a sketchy, which I'm which I think is probably fair. But yeah, Shadow Dragon Man also mentioned that Sheraton might not be as sketchy as we think they are, as we initially thought they were. But uh, they're called a necromancer. I think they're kind of, I don't know, I think they kind of want to be seen as a little sketchy. It's a, yeah, I mean, you can't be a necromancer. Maybe they just need some rebranding. But like, if they were to, if they were to not want to be sketchy but i don't think that's the case right like it would be so easy to rebrand because when corin looked in the book he was like necromancer is a thing i don't think these even exist though so don't worry about that so if i'm sheraton i'm just like oh this is a new attunement it's the uh it's the snow cone attunement it's the it's the cool person attunement the only one that has it i'm the cool one yeah, just call it something else. Nobody even thinks they exist. That necromancers exist anyway. So I don't. Know. I feel like exactly. I feel like Sheraton's kind of asking for it. I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. Okay. Uh, last comment that I want to bring up is from Aaliyah Lexi. That's how I'm pronouncing it. Um, <laughs> we were skeptical of. Karis a little bit yesterday or not yesterday last episode because of the interaction that Karis has with Derek's little sword monster guy Leah Lexi tells us to trust Karis um because of like I guess reasons in the other books I'm not buying it okay I haven't read the other books and I don't trust anyone <laughs> I'm still, I still think that Karis is being sketchy here. You know what I think, Luke? I think Alea Lexi is a spider. I'm pretty sure Alea Lexi is a spider, and they're trying to throw us off. I I don't really trust them. I don't either. Very skeptical. Very skeptical of everything here. Um, with that, let's talk about the actual section that we read. Yes. Luke, let's talk about it. First, to address something that we talked about last episode almost directly, we see Mara using the Blade Shroud a good amount more in this section, and it actually sounds pretty useful. So we we were like, Mara, you should get a real knife and stop playing around with this Blade Shroud. I don't think we necessarily told her to stop playing around with the blade shroud, but we were like, come on, a real knife could do like basically the same thing. Uh, Not quite. It sounds like the blade shroud is way better than a knife. So 
a lot of cool stuff with that. But also, it, I, it wouldn't hurt to get a little knife, right? I think that I still think... Okay, a little... Because we got another comment um, about this that was, I think, saying that a lot of monsters, like, are tough enough to wear these a regular knife like wouldn't really matter and you can you can augment her her fist to make that more effective that's fair that's a good point i still think that you find some kind of weapon like she we see her using her little her little shroud knife which i think is a great move Mm -hmm. keep that up just like any i think that any punch is a waste is a wasted opportunity I, that might not be true, but yeah, at the very least, some brass knuckles would would do a world of good and a world of of hurt to whatever she's hitting, right? Yeah. the The issue here is that we're still looking at this like our like our world, which I realize. Uh, I don't know. I just um, blunt force, man. Here's with your fist. Here's the other big reason why. Mara needs some kind of a tool. And I use the word tool because a knife can be a tool. Let's say Mara goes in the in the room with the fountain and the key and has to get the key out of the acid fountain. How are you going to do that with your knucks, Mara? How are you going to punch the key out of there? Hmm? You're not. You're not. I guess you could... Okay, maybe... She could use her shroud to, like, protect her hand as she puts it in this pool of acid. We don't even know how the pool of acid works, though. So you're taking a pretty big risk, Mara. Get some tool, please. <laughs> a knife is a great tool for this. You have a knife. You dip the knife in there. You get the key out. A lot of uses for a knife. <laughs> a lot of uses for a knife. Somebody's got a bagel uh, that's not pre-sliced. Which is the worst. <laughs> oh, that's... Oh. I don't think I agree with Luke on that one, so feel free to tweet at him. But you don't want to whip out your blade shroud to cut a bagel in half. Get a little knife. (laughs) You need to be... She packs light is the thing, though. Too light, I would say. Maybe she's like, I am going to take up the space that would be taken up with a sword. I'm going to put some extra Slim Jims in there for that. That'll so, be nice. That'll be really handy. So she's packing energy to have to fuel her punches. Right. She's got some beef jerky. But we okay, but that's not even true, Luke. It's not even true because you know who does have beef jerky? Corin. And Mara's like, ooh, that was a good idea with the beef jerky back there. I would have let it slide, Luke. I would have let it slide if it wasn't obvious that she didn't have any beef jerky. Okay, that's fair. Unless she are she's she could have been saving it for she, herself though. She could be saving it for herself. I'm I'm gonna think that she's in her pack. She's got some extra space because she doesn't have a weapon. She's bringing something. What is it? I'm not sure yet. Listeners, if you've got some suggestions, hit me up. Maybe a tea kettle. Love to see a tea kettle. Uh, that's my first guess. But what's yeah? Mara's bringing something else. We'll have to see what it is. Definitely. Okay, I have I have an issue <laughs> with something that in this section comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's the case for a lot of books, which I think that you said a while ago you were very supportive of. I am sick of the whole cheating in the right way being rewarded. I'm sick of it. I don't want any more of that. I know, I think that you said that you liked this, which I think is fair, but, but enough, Corin. Enough, my guy. Yeah. Also, teachers, like, fucking <laughs> stop. This is, this is just absurd. The, there's a few times that this happens. The most egregious being when Corin helps enchant the arena for the dueling class. And it like goes super well. And Tesh is like, yeah, I'm not going to punish you for that. That was super clever. No. (laughs) Just fail him for this. I'm (laughs) sick of it. I don't want it to be a part of the class. 
Okay, so I actually kind of agree with you now. At first I loved it, and at first I loved it because I think it's an important lesson to teach initially. Like, hey, sometimes you can cheat. Sometimes there's exceptions. Like, the rules aren't really, like, real rules. We just made them up. So, like, if you do it a couple times in the class, that's good teaching. If you allow it for every single lesson that you're trying to teach, no, that's not teaching anymore. You've, you've failed. You're teaching the same lesson over and over again. Because, like, Teft, they already get that they should be looking for alternative ways to solve the problems. But if you're letting them have those alternatives, what lesson, what was the point of the other thing that you were trying to teach there? Just like fight good? <laughs> what? Obviously, there was some kind of a, a, a larger lesson plan you had for the test. There was something you were trying to evaluate and it wasn't who can cheat the best. <laughs> Especially, and I think it's important to talk about this arena cheating that Corin does because... I do, I did like it a little bit, but it was also very disappointed in Teft. Like, you would think he would know, right? This is where I just, okay, this one especially, because you're right, there have been a couple good examples of where I think it's been used well. Like in the, in the early on scene um, where they're like lined up in a line and they're shooting at each other like a little dodgeball game and corn finds some little loopholes there i thought that was great mm -hmm. but this one is straight up finding the answers to the test and copying them right this is just cheating like i don't know the benefit of this one this one is corin printed out a special label for his water bottle that had all of newton's equations written on it and taped it to his water bottle to make it look like it was the original label. But really, if you read the nutrition facts, it says like, oh, uh, I don't remember Newton's equations, but some Newton's equations on there. <laughs> That's not clever. That's not something to be rewarded anymore. That's you just cheated in a good way. <laughs> no. The other thing that really bothered me was the little cheat that Corin did to learn what it said on everybody's paper while they were doing their neat little game of mafia in the woods, which we'll get back to later because it happens later in this section. But Corin comes up with like a hack workaround to learn what it was, what was said on everybody's paper. And they allowed that. Think about, think about this. It's the point of it is trying to simulate what if there are actual spies in your thing. Okay, and so they didn't want you to actually show your paper because that would prove who was a spy and who wasn't. In real life, spies don't carry around ID papers. So you just completely invalidated the entire point of that test. And they were like, technically we didn't say no. So yeah, I have to say yes. Completely violates the, the spirit of the rule. But technically, it's fine. That, I was like, this is unacceptable. There's, <laughs> what lesson are we learning now? It's gone. It's, it's gone. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just, can you imagine if this kind of like, if this kind of attitude towards cheating was in our schools? <laughs> I would hate it. That would be so frustrating. I would hate school. If this, you know, there have got to be so many students that are so pissed at Corin, right? How many students there are, are asking themselves, why did I study for like four hours when I could have just like written the answers on my hand and gone to the bathroom and looked at them and my teacher would have given me an A for doing that, even if they found <laughs> out that I did it. I just, uh unacceptable frankly you gotta you gotta hate corn if you're another student um yeah especially we learn in this section when corin is taking his enchanting final there are two enchanters that have a higher score than corin they hate him so much dude 
Corin is literally the worst for these two people. Because you know they're not doing this. We would be... Oh, yeah. We would hear about it if other students were, like, cheating their way through. They're, like, studying and doing all that stuff. Maybe they're out in the dueling class, but that's because they know what the point of an enchanter is. Okay? They're getting really good at enchanting. And they hate Corin Because Professor Vellum gives him all this attention. It's like, he cheats all over the place. He didn't make that teleportation rod. I watched him. <laughs> yeah, they for they for sure hate him. You you brought up something that I was going to talk about as well, which is this like dueling class is an elective for Corin. Right? He spends more of his time focused on this class than any other and it's like dude number one this is not what this class is for number two it's an elective for you focus on your other classes this is somebody who's on the pre-med track that is taking pottery as an elective and is churning out like coffee mugs for literally every single person in their dorm and making little vases and stuff. And it's like, shouldn't you be studying for like doctor stuff and like medicine? And they're like, yeah, 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 I've got that covered. Do you want a cool vase though? I, I've been working on a coil <laughs> vase this week. Ooh. It's insane to me how much effort Corin goes into to like get better at personally fighting, mm-hmm. which I understand to a certain degree. But, like, just if you were to know your role and, like, accept that, you would be such a better enchanter than you currently are. Here's the craziest thing about this, Luke. When we first see Corin in the tower, his biggest fear is having to fight something else. He does whatever he can to avoid fighting anything he sees a little bunny and he's like i'd rather do the puzzle with the acid over here i'll leave this little bunny thing alone i don't want to fight you so getting an enchanter attunement that's like an absolute win for corin and rather than dedicate himself to his studies problem solving coming up with cool items he's like yeah but i really want to kick some ass i realized i wanted to just beat the shit out of that little bunny in the tower and i've been regretting it ever since (laughs) corin what happened to you when did you become this bloodthirsty seriously corin's turned into a meathead (laughs) it's true which what are these other two enchanters doing luke because we mentioned a few episodes ago, everybody's so astounded by this stuff Corin's doing. Like he made a mana watch that nobody had ever come up with before. And so I had just assumed he was like top of his enchanting class. He's not even top of his enchanting class. What are these other two enchanters doing with their free time? There's this, Yeah, I don't know. There is... I would... L- would love to see some perspectives from the other enchanters. I hope that they're just like absolutely incredible. They're coming out with the greatest things and we just don't get perspective. That's what I hope. I don't think that's the case. No, no, no. Here's what it is. I figured it out. I figured it out. Professor Vellum doesn't need to work with them. They're, they're already like three patents deep, each of them. And they're just like rolling in the dough. They don't need Professor Vellum. But Corin almost blew his hand off with like a homemade firework. And Professor Vellum is like, if I don't step in, this kid (laughs) is going to kill himself and maybe some other students. So like, let me just kind of guide him. He's never going to be a top student, but like, maybe I'll get him a little patent here and there. And I'll teach him about making mana crystals. Because, like, 
he's gonna kill someone if if we don't supervise this kid it's like it's like the kid in chemistry who knows just enough to make something really dangerous but not enough to know how to like do it safely and so the professor's like oh it would be irresponsible of me to just like leave this kid alone this kid's gonna make gunpowder if he goes home tonight and i don't like give him a different project (laughs) corin is fantastic at making dangerous peroxides but has no idea how to store them (laughs) who's that for uh okay i yeah i think that's true i love that we have gone back and forth from either all of the enchanters except corin are really dumb to corin is the dumbest enchanter either one of those two one of those two has got to be it's got to be the right one uh because something's something's up here. Um, I cannot believe that the final exam in our mana manipulation class was filling a crystal. Are you out of your mind? We are giving them. First of all, I've mentioned this before. It's insane not to teach them this early. <laughs> To make this the surprise final exam without having taught them how to do this at all is crazy. <laughs> Corin acknowledges when he first was told to do this, it took him a week. But he's been practicing. He's been practicing up. And now he can do it in like three seconds. I... <laughs> this was bonkers to me. That this is like making it in the curriculum... But they're not teaching them how to do it. Someone mentioned it in our comments that the teachers are more for just like getting them ready for the military than actually like teaching them. I just, <laughs> what, are, what are you guys doing? This, Luke, this actually supports our theory that we just left, but we're going to come back to it. That Vellum is just trying to make sure Corin doesn't flunk out and make a bomb. Because I think Vellum knows that this is coming. And she's like, okay, other people could probably figure this out in an hour. Corin's going to need a week to figure this guy out. So I'll just tell him about it now. I'll get him there now. And then come test time, he'll think he's the best at it. Because, yeah, if it legitimately takes a week to learn how to do this for like a normal, let's say a C student. What an irresponsible exam to give them for an hour. They have an hour to learn how to do this thing? No! That's a take-home exam! <laughs> it's definitely a take-home exam. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Something else that's a little odd. And maybe it's just a time period thing. Like, it seems like this world is a slightly older version of our history. I mean, obviously it's a fantasy world, but it seems like kind of turn of the century like 1900s technology wise and i guess this wouldn't have been standard to have like health insurance but like corin had to pay the doctors for like a little mending a little mending session and like he's a student and he's spending literally all of his money on enchanting supplies they those doctors can't be can't be charging that much right because there's no way corin has any savings and then my question right. is why not um like tough to tough to say without knowing more love that we're getting into uh Velia's healthcare policies i want to dive deep They've got to be okay. I've just I just got to say this. They've got to be subsidizing these menders because otherwise I'm charging a freaking huge life crystal to heal you up. Otherwise you're going to die. Yeah. Definitely definitely some kind of subsidized healthcare, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um but we're seeing some out-of-pocket expenses from Corin. Relatively minor, but some. Right. Oh, so yeah, maybe he then maybe he does have insurance, and this is just the copay. Maybe just the copay. Okay, hard to say. I didn't see him flash a card or anything though. But he is a um, student, 
he's a student. Maybe they just maybe they got a student ID number. And they use that student ID number. Yeah, could be probably. Then there, there's probably a concern with Jin being a foreign student of like, ooh, can we cover him under our plan? Oh, I don't know. Jin's gonna have a lot of debt yeah. coming out of this shrapnel injury. Yeah, this is probably this is probably what drives up the costs. Like, because you probably gotta coordinate a little bit. Some more administrative costs here. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough to say. I don't know. Uh, it's a good thing that we're talking about Jin now, though, because I'd like to leave this healthcare discussion behind, as riveting as it is. Okay, yeah, let's talk Jin. First off, is it crazy to let Jin back on the team, or am I just a little too sensitive to him shooting someone on the ground, unconscious? <laughs> See the other, I was on the other side of this. Actually, I was like, "Let's bring Jin in. Who cares?" <laughs> but now, but I thought that maybe I was being too insensitive. <laughs> okay, no, so meet in the middle. No, 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 no. Okay, fine. What's the middle? Tell me what's the middle. Well, okay, okay. Let's let's recap what happened. Yeah. Okay, because I think I'm a little too far removed from the from the actual incident. Mm-hmm. Remind me of what happened in the tower. So it's revealed what Vera was trying to do. You know, they're trying to make a weapon so that they can defend themselves from Edria. And then I don't remember when Vera goes unconscious. Something happens. Vera gets knocked out. And then the next thing we hear is Jin shooting Vera in the back, trying to kill her. And sure, he explains himself after he does it. And he's like, I couldn't have told you this because you would have tried to stop me so i just had to start shooting her and hope that she died if i'm corin i'm like okay your rationale makes sense you're kind of a psychopath but i do understand that you would have thought i would have said no that's also a good reason for me to not let you back on the team because if you think i'm gonna say no to something you're gonna just start shooting get off the team Jin. And it wasn't even like a small thing. It wasn't even like a little small decision that Jim was like, I'd like to take a little autonomy on this one. It was like, I'd like to maybe cause the downfall of an entire nation by murdering this person in order to defend my home country. Because I know that is what will happen if I extrapolate out. That's almost guaranteed that's what's going to happen. So I'm going to murder this person. No questions asked. Bye, Jin. I'm out. I'm freaking out, dude. <laughs> I'm taking his guns okay. away, at least. His guns are gone. You, guns are definitely gone. I, now that you say that, I'm coming back. I'm coming back on your side. What I'm, what I'm realizing, and I thought about bringing this up at the start of this podcast to, to just <laughs> to provide a little caveat to all of my opinions on things, and that's, for some reason, I hate Corin. <laughs> <laughs> And so I find myself influenced by by this to just like take the other person's side in almost everything, <laughs> which is tough, which is tough, uh, because now I realize I should be on Corn's side on this. On, I think that you're right. On this? D- Jen, you can't be on the same team. You can't be on the team. Um, I Yeah, I think that's fair. Maybe... Part of the reason why you don't really like Corin is some of the shit that he does is just like, Corin, there was an alternative. You just you just didn't want to do it. And the one that like really stuck with me is he's trying to infuse mana into water. And he's like, yeah, you have to be really careful or the water will freeze or evaporate or explode. And he was like, so I practiced a lot and there were a lot of glasses that were destroyed that day. And I'm sitting here like, so you're telling me, Corin, you took one of Derek's nice dining glasses and filled it with water, and then it exploded when you were doing an experiment, and you thought, I'll just go get another one. <laughs> and you did it more than twice. You were like, after the second time, you were like, eh, I could just get another one. That, what? Okay, first, there's glass literally all over the place now. You're telling me somebody's got a vacuum attunement so they can just suck it off? No! 
You're leaving glass all over the place. And two, those aren't your cups. <laughs> Corn, you're being an ass. <laughs> that's that's very true. Because <laughs> could you imagine, like, how many cups do you think Derek has? You don't, like, overstock on cups, right? You've got a specific amount. You've got, like, you've got six cups. Maybe you've got maybe you've got maybe six full size cups and then maybe two medium sized, just in case you want you want just a few sips, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to you're not trying to drink all of your lemonade right now. You just want a little bit to cool down after you've come in from outside. So Corrid is over here destroying at least half of your cups. Yeah, yeah. And you come in and you're like, hey, Corin, so glad I could help you with all the things that I've been helping you with these days. I just came out of the training room, you know, the room that's specifically designed to test out attunements and stuff and has cool <laughs> enchantments all over it to keep everything safe in there. And I, are those, were those my nice drinking? Okay. I see what happened here. Uh, get out. You know, Derek has some red solo cups somewhere. You could use those so easily. If anybody that we've seen so far has red solo cups, it's Derek. It's Derek. They're they're in the they're in the beer pong room that he has. Which, oddly enough, is the attunement practice room. So shame on you, Corin. Another rude thing that Corin does kind of early on is him and Marissa ask Karis to teach them a little bit about fighting. A little bit about combat. And Karis is like, okay, I could teach you a little bit of stuff. And starts, like, talking about what he might teach. And Corin's like, oh, no, not like that. I just want to fight you. <laughs> That's so freaking rude. Can you imagine asking the expert on something to, like, teach you a little bit about it? And then you're like, no, not like that. If, if LeBron James <laughs> is living in a mansion with me, and I'm like, hey, could we, could we, could you teach me a little bit of basketball? I'm not gonna reject his advice and then just make him play me one on one. I'm gonna sit there and take notes on what this guy is saying. You, you hear that, LeBron? We would be the best students. We would be the best <laughs> students. Come on the show. Come on the show. Talk to me about Corin or anything, really. Just come on the show, LeBron. Uh, yeah, this anyway. is so. God, I think, I think here we're we're getting to the an understanding of who Corin is, right? Where mm-hmm. I think for the most part he is like kind of in the right for some things. Like he kind of knows what he's talking about for some things. He's got like a good heart, I think. Maybe if that even means anything. But he also just is so, I think, insensitive to other people. And, and that is rude. I don't think you can, I, don't, you can I, th- I think you can be rude unintentionally and you're still rude. Like part of being mm-hmm. polite is knowing when you're doing something that's, that's wrong. And Corin doesn't have that at all. Corin's got none of that. So like... I get it, Corin, but also it makes us kind of, kind of hate you sometimes. Kind of hate you. I felt really good when Marissa punched you in the face. I felt really good about that scene. <laughs> we we all did, honestly. <laughs> we all did. I, I'm gonna take us just a quick. Uh, I'm gonna take the maturity level a little bit lower. Mm, love that. <laughs> After Marissa and Corin's little one-on-one fight, which Corin wins, Marissa says next time okay this was keep in mind after she had like punched him in the face a couple times marissa goes next time i'm aiming straight for your bag of toys (laughs) (laughs) which apparently is talking about the items that corn has enchanted my mind for a few lines went a different direction i was like i cannot believe she just said this (laughs) you know what I, I think I had a little Corin moment there because I was immediately just like, oh yeah, you're going to punch his bag with all the enchanted items in it. That's pretty smart. And that's where Corin went too. But you know, Marissa was like, I just want to punch you in the freaking nuts, dude. 
It's coming. It's coming soon. <laughs> I'm excited. Are we gonna make a? Are we gonna make a called shot here for the last section? Marissa's gonna reveal some. I don't know. Somehow Marissa's gonna punch corn in the nuts and be like, "Guess I got your bag of toys." <laughs> I think so. I think that's coming. Called shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited definitely. for it. I'm excited for it. It seems like that kind of book. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> That's the last line. <laughs> uh, okay, something a little bit prior to the events that we're talking about. Jin is talking to Corin about something that's top secret. I think it is the artificial attunements. It's when Jin and Corin have like their first meeting. Or maybe a little bit before that. Regardless, apparently, in order for Jin to get the researcher to tell him something highly classified, all he had to do was, like, spend too long looking for the information. Are you... Hold on. You're telling me all I have to do to find out state secrets is to just tell researcher that I'm trying to find out the information and then go around, like, messing up their Dewey Decimal system. And they'll just tell me? Because this thing that he finds out, I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the artificial attunements or the Jaden box or something that is, like, kind of a big deal. Researcher just tells him. I think you get fired at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, disappeared yeah, or whatever they do. is a security risk, for sure. Right. And Corin seems fine with researcher still as their job. Corin, it seems like, has no problem. Like, oh, yeah, I would have done the same thing in your position. So, totally understandable researcher. This, like, construct that I don't really understand quite how it works, but who is willing to divulge state secrets to potentially a spy cool 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 good work i just think they need to be fired unless they're the ones running the show is researcher tension <laughs> hold on is researcher tension oh okay hmm <laughs> now that's an interesting one could be <laughs> i mean we haven't seen tension Very good yet hiding spot we don't know what Tinjin looks like, I don't think. Mm-mm. And do you remember seeing Researcher before Tenjin was kidnapped? I don't. I've never seen them in the same room together. So, I mean, this is pretty ironclad, so I don't expect any comments about it. But if you want to support our theory uh, with any extra evidence, go ahead and comment on the post we make this week. We'll look. We'll keep an eye out for those. That'll be good. That's, that's a, a one we feel confident about. Um, so I think that in these books, Sarah has been like, I would put her as, I think we called her rookie of the year last book, right? If she could, if she didn't have her like injury, I think she would be probably in the case for MVP mm-hmm. for this book, mm-hmm. um, just because of the potential that she showed last book. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I would like to tell her is stop talking because you went through this procedure and Sheridan was like, yeah, you could probably whisper, but I wouldn't for a few weeks uh, just because it'll help you heal better. And, uh, you know, you could really do yourself some damage. Okay, don't talk anymore. She's over here constantly whispering and talking. Just take a break. Yeah, she's over here. You're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself permanently again. You're like how old are they? You're like nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. She's over here running on a pulled hamstring, like, no no no, it's just the finals. I just gotta get through finals and then you know, I'll I'll take I'll rest when I'm dead, I guess. It's just You've got a long career gotta... ahead of you, Sarah. I think it's irresponsible. I think they need some do they not have like a counseling department? You would think maybe get some diviners together and form a little a little counseling yeah. group. 
Ooh, yeah. Like, I know you think that it's cool to push yourself, Sarah, but you're really going to regret it later in life They've... when you can't talk anymore. <laughs> and you used up all your words at 19. And your attunement specifically requires you to speak. So you, you won't even be able to do your magic anymore. Hmm. Oh, yeah, but you had yeah. that really witty, witty joke that you wanted to say. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Would, yeah, would would love to see would love to see them pump the brakes on uh, on just their whole their whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I wish Corin would just give her one a little telepathy headband or something, and it doesn't have to be far range, just like close range, close range telepathy, and then no more. We don't have to do the talking thing, and she doesn't have to write stuff down on paper anymore. I think that's just, it's just the way to go. Easy, easy, easy. I will say, would love to have her just like keep Vanev around. You know, I think that it probably costs a lot of mana to do that, but probably worth it. Yes. I would say. Definitely. He's very fun. Very fun. Uh, very, very good little bodyguard. Um, I would, I, the point is, I just want to see more Vanev, I think, is what I'm trying to say. I would also love to see more Vaniv. Now that we're here, though, I'd like to talk about a continuation of a theory that we've we've been cooking up that's been simmering for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's that Sarah is a spider. What I would like to add to that, because I'm still convinced that Sarah's a spider. Three pieces of evidence, Luke. The first... Sarah claims to have caused a temporary dip in her mana when she pushed herself too hard. And so she had to like rest and recover to get back to the point that Corin thought that she was supposed to be at. But Corin never noticed. Corin was just like, okay, she's steadily progressing. She's getting better every week. Here we go. But apparently somewhere in there, she had a massive decline and then was able to bump it back up. That's pretty sus. Okay. And if I'm a spider who's trying to hide my mana level from from Corin, who's constantly checking it, maybe there's a little glitch in the system. A little glitch we've got to work out to figure out how to get that freaking watch to stop exactly telling the amount of mana that I have. And maybe it would be super helpful to get a copy of the watch and give it to Sheraton to understand how it works so we can properly fool it. That's number one, Luke. Number two. I love this little game of mafia that they're playing in the woods. And I like the idea that any one of them could have been turned into a spider for the game. I think Sarah is not cleared by this little game in the woods. And there's two things that I want to point out here. The first has to do with Vaniv. Sarah conjures Vaniv back and says she's going to send him on a scouting mission to see if anybody is out and about. Do you remember when this happens, Luke, in our storyline of when they're taking the wagons through the it happens before there's the explosion and all that stuff, right? Okay. So if I'm a spider and I'm trying to make contact with some foreign agents that are going to come attack, great way to do it. Send my summoned monster on a scouting mission with some instructions about where we're at. The other thing about that that's in, it's important to keep in mind, she can summon Vaniv with like as much mana as she wants, right? I I don't know how that works. Okay, fair. Sure. Let's assume she can choose how much mana she puts in to summoning a creature. She can summon a Vaniv that's six inches tall, doesn't use up as much mana, and it's like weaker, but it accomplishes the same function. Why, if you're sending him on a scouting mission, would you not make a little tiny guy and just say, go look around and come back and tell me what's going on. 
No need to fight or have anyone see a big giant flying monster that is closely identified with me in the air. I'll make you a little guy and then nobody's going to see you. That's pretty sus. And then number three also has to do with Vaniv. Wisely, someone points out after Corin does this BS with the like, oh, just have Vaniv read over our things and read it out loud. Somebody's like, ah, but Sarah, you could have told Vaniv to read whatever you wanted him to for yours. You could have told him to be like, oh, yeah, she's just trying to bake some cookies at the supply depot that we're going to. And Sarah's like, oh, you're right. And quickly says, disregard any instructions I've given you previously and read mine again. Almost like she knew it was coming. Like, she didn't take a minute to think, like, ooh, how am I going to phrase this command to convince you? No, she was like, instantly, all right, disregard my previous commands and read it again. Happy? So she knew that this could come up. Furthermore, Corin recognizes that Sarah is great at tactics. She thinks steps ahead. She's always, like, trying to be tactically ahead of everyone else. So, of course, she could have had a little agreement with Vaniv that was like, hey, I want you to say this, and then I want you to say it again, even if I tell you not to. And then she looks totally free and clear. It's so sus that she comes up with that answer so quickly. It's like it was planned. I agree with you. I would not be super convinced by her just saying that. Um... I th- I'm st- I agree with you. I'm still on this. I still feel good about Sarah being a spider. Sarah's a spider, guys. Sarah's a spider for sure. Confirmed. Um, Confirmed. We haven't seen... Her, her mission was supposed to be... Granted, their little game thing is not over yet. Her mission was supposed to be to make a bond with another creature. Didn't see her do that. Sounds like something that may have been made up this this is a great point and i didn't even consider it that was her secondary mission and Mm -hmm. why would you not tell everyone right away there's no secrecy here if your secondary mission is just make a bond with another forest monster just be like hey everybody keep keep an eye out for forest monsters because i gotta make a bond with one yeah. Great. I will do that, Sarah. In fact, I'll use my divining ability and like pick out I'll tell you what's in the area. How about that? That'd yeah. be great. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that, fam. No. Totally. Very suspect. Sarah's a spider. Sarah's a spider, for sure. Um she's gonna she's gonna crush it at the end. Gonna get a huge twist. Love it. We're excited to see it. We're excited to see it. Um, I really... there. Okay, I, I have a, just like two two highlights and then one last note that I want to say. One highlight number one, love that Karis has a treble coat. It's very funny. Um, we did love that. Number two, they, they make them sign a waiver before they take this final exam. But they do it after they... Or no, no, no. They make them sign the waiver... Before they tell them the instructions. <laughs> so it's like, hey, for your final exam, sign this waiver, and then we'll tell you what it is. <laughs> I might wait to sign that. Yeah. I'm going to hold off. Yeah, probably not the wisest move. Although, they are kind of, like, still learning. Like, these, I'm not going to say these are kids, but they're, like, in school still. So I feel like that's on the teachers there. How can you make someone sign a waiver to take the final exam that they have to take? (laughs) What if they had said no? Uh, I guess you get to go home then. That's it. (laughs) End of the line. They're like, sorry, I'm not, I'm not comfortable. Jin is shooting people. (laughs) I'm not signing your waiver (laughs) until Jin drops the guns. This is a great point. 
Yeah. Oh, they're just rubber bullets? Those can kill people with Jin. You're over here shooting us at point blank. God, Jin sucks. Yeah, we hate, yeah, we hate Jin. <laughs> we freaking hate Jin. We hate Jin. Okay, the last note that I had that I actually really appreciated is um, one of the people that turned out to be a spider. Uh, I think her name was like Loria Marshall. Mm-hmm had Jin's little like some enchantment that also gives them the thing that Jin has where they're like really unnoticed. I thought that this was written very well because they actually were unnoticed like in the like in Korn's telling of it cuz I like I think we're getting Korn's perspective. He like never mentions this girl until he says that she has this. I thought that was really cool. I liked it. Yeah, I... Little, little immersion there. Exactly. When the second year, who is the spider, was like, my partner, this person. Or or when Corrin turns and is like, oh, it's that person. I was like, who is that person? When were they involved ever? So yeah, exactly. great job. The writing there was very on point. Uh, but... Yeah, I I also don't really get why they trust the people after they already think they've been, like, kicked out. And granted, everybody's constantly saying, like, well, we don't really know. But they seem pretty sure that they weren't lying to them when they said, oh, yeah, we're the only two spiders. It's like, you don't know. You don't even know what this exam is. Corin, half the time, you're making up new rules anyway. How do you know they're not just like, oh, your actual mission, even if after you've been caught, is to do this and to get Sarah so that Corin's telling her all his secrets. That's your actual mission. So come on, guys. Come on. So, Luke, next week, finishing up the book, we're going we're gonna to have a lot of our Theories validated, I'm, I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty excited to see how this little game of Mafia, this little scavenger hunt, ends. But until then, Luke, I'll be busy with my little en- enchanter's rod, carving up some hot takes. And I'll be stuck in class, being a dumb nerd. <laughs> <laughs>